Brother Jamie might have used this already, but I know he was telling me the other day, he was listening to a preacher, and he was talking about that brazen altar in the Old Testament. And it seemed like every single time that a sacrifice was made and that blood was absorbed into the altar, it just kept on crying, sacrifice, sacrifice, I need a sacrifice, Miss Nisha. But when Jesus died and His blood was spewed on that altar, it cried out, satisfied, satisfied, amen. That makes me think of that song that Brother Deke sang, because I can't wait for him to say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. I can't wait until I know that the Lord is satisfied with me. Amen. If you have your Bibles this evening, we're going to be in Psalms chapter uh, 22. Psalms chapter 22. I'm, I am absolutely just, uh, I'm touched that I was even considered. Um, I believe that I am the last line of defense. Uh, but you know what? That's another reason to celebrate because Satan didn't get very far. Amen. Uh, I, I'm absolutely uh, just... My heart's heavy because of the offer. Every time that I get behind this sacred desk, you know, the memories start flowing. And hopefully that'll help me preach better. Because if it doesn't, I'm just sorry, but y'all going to be missing out tonight. <laughs> All right. Everybody in Psalms chapter 22? All right, let's start. It says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? O oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confounded. But I am a worm. And no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. Verse number 9, But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope. When I was upon my mother's breast, I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. I'm thankful for a godly heritage. Amen. I'm glad that one day my mama realized that the church of God just wasn't doing something right. And that there are no erasers in heaven. Amen. She came to an old church called Lighthouse Baptist. And from there, I was able to see both of my sisters saved. I was able to see my brother-in-law saved. I was able to be saved. The rest of my family is saved. And I've made a church family. Amen. Y'all ain't my friends, but y'all are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. Verse number 11, it says, Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Something looks familiar, doesn't it? I want you all to keep that in mind. Verse number 17. I may tell all my bones they look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. But be not thou far from me. O Lord, O my strength, haste thee 
to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling, from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. And I want, I want to skip down to verse number 30. It says, A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, that he hath done this. Dear most gracious and heavenly Father, Lord God, just touch me as I get ready to preach, Lord God, to deliver the message that you've given unto me. Lord God, hide me behind the cross, Lord, that everything I say and do will honor you. In your most precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Uh, very interesting, this uh, this book called the Bible is, amen. And it's a blessing. I, I'm glad that it was preserved just for me, amen. I'm talking about the King James Bible. Can I go ahead and get an amen tonight? The quicker y'all help me out, the quicker we get out of here, possibly. Tonight I'd like to preach on the shout. The shout. That's my title for you note takers is the shout. Because when I look through this uh, this chapter of Psalms chapter 22, I see a shout of Three people, and I want to talk about those three people tonight. Uh, also in this chapter, I see a song. Amen. First off, we know that this is a psalm of David. And of course, once again, it's to the chief musician. And we know that it is a song. Uh, when I first preached this sermon, uh, I was talking to my congregation, and, and I said, you know, I can't imagine that a psalm like this would have been very upbeat. Uh, and, you know, at first that kind of says, you know, it's not a hand clap and it's not a, a, a woohoo type of song. But it is a shouting song. When I look at this, I see something like, just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. What a blessing that is to know, because there's a lot of ups and downs. It's kind of like this weather that we're having right now. It's very bipolar. It starts with, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And I don't know who he's talking about because my God's never forsaken me. Amen. And so this is very strange to look at. He says that he cries in the daytime, but God heareth him not. And I think that that's very strange. But then he talks about his father's trusting in thee. I'm glad that my mama trusted in him. Amen. I'm glad that I had many godly influences to look up to. And, and, and this, uh, this kind of goes back to what Brother Dwayne Moore was talking about during the, the revival with the cake. And he talked about your grandparents. They're getting the whole cake. They're getting a slice. And it's great. And then the kids, you know, their kids, they're just getting a, a few little crumbs. But then the grandkids, they're getting nothing. They're hearing about this great time of shouting, this great time of preaching. But they're not experiencing it. These kids out here today don't know what church is. I'm glad that I do. But somebody needs to get out here and tell them about it. Amen. First off, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I see the song. But I also see a sadness in this verse because I see a man that is crying out for God. My favorite verse of Scripture, Psalm 34, 6, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his trouble. But then also right at the very end, I see a satisfaction. And isn't that great to know that in the beginning it might seem like we are losing, but in the end there will be victory. Amen. I'm a winner either way, whether I go or whether I stay. Amen. Uh, point number one I want to look at tonight, that this is the shout of the sinner. This is the shout of the sinner. Uh, first off, I see a lost person, and he's finally realized who he needs to cry out to. And he says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But something's wrong there. He hadn't given up quite yet. He hasn't given his all to God. He hasn't laid it down on the altar yet. Because a lot of the things that I see nowadays is a lot of people think that they need to do good deeds to get into heaven. Yeah, living right would sure help, but it might would help first if you get a relationship with God. If God doesn't want your money, uh, God doesn't want your new car, God doesn't want your family, but He wants you. We see that with Abraham and Isaac. 
God didn't want Isaac. He just wanted Abraham's loyalness. He wanted his faithfulness. And that's what we see with a lot of Christians. But they don't want to give it up. I see someone who is not saved and someone who is in desperate need of God. I remember the day that I was in desperate need of God. I don't know how many of you know, but uh, Brother John was our interim pastor of, uh, uh, at the church that I'm at now for just a little while. And I got saved. I had made a false profession. And I got saved when uh, one morning while he was preaching. And you could ask me what he's preaching. I can simply tell you I don't remember. I, I honestly don't think I heard anything past the title. And I don't even remember that. Because I was sitting just a little bit right here behind Brother Jody. And he got to preaching. And I started shaking. Next thing you know. My knuckles are white. I'm shaking the pew. My mom was like, what's wrong with you? You having a seizure? I said, no, ma'am, not today. Uh, Mama, I said, I think something's wrong. She said, what's wrong? I said, Mama, I got to go. She said, go where? I said, I got to go to the altar. She said, he's still preaching. I said, I don't care. And I got up and I ran down to that altar because I was a sinner and I needed to be saved. Amen. I don't think that God saved me at the altar. I think that God saved me as soon as I got up. As soon as I got rid of that pride that was swelling up in me, because Miss Nisha, I thought, oh my goodness, what are those people back in America going to think? Oh my goodness, what are my classmates going to think? Oh my goodness, what is my family going to think? I've told them that I'm saved. I've told them that I'm a preacher. Something ain't living up right if I tell them that I got saved. But as soon as I swallowed that pride and I got up, I believe that the Lord saved me and I can say that there are no erasers in heaven and that I'm still saved today. I'll be saved tomorrow and I can't wait till the Lord returns and gathers me up. Amen. I see that this sinner is looking on others and more than likely he's jealous. We see this a lot today. Uh, bullying is at, a, is at an all time high. And, and this saddens me. I, I remember being picked on. Then I remember when I surrendered to the call to preach, I was called a Jesus freak. Then I remember that I had some false teacher try to come to me and tell me that I was doing stuff wrong. And you want to know why they do that? I'll go ahead and tell you for you kids that are in here. It's because they're jealous. It may not be cool to them. It may not be uh, your best friend, but they're jealous. It may not be cool to them, but they're jealous. They want what you have because what you have cannot be taken away. What you have, it doesn't matter what kind of day you're having, it'll still be there. What you have is God. So I see that this man is lost. I see that he might be jealous. I see that he probably complains a lot. How many people we know like that? If you know some Christians like that, you might need to pray for them. Amen. But how many sinners do we know like that that go around and all they can do is complain all day? Well, it's hot outside. Oh, I can't say anything because I do that all the time. Well, church is too long. Uh-oh. Let me go ahead and tell you this. I, I, I'm in Bible college right now in the class that me, Brother Jamie, and Kurt are taking. Uh, we're, we're going through it. And he's talking about Saul and David. And he said when Saul was in pain, when Saul was scared and he was frightened and, and the fear of God was upon him. You want to know what he called for, Brother Stanley? Music. And I love music. I, I, it's the best thing in the world to me. But you want to know why he called for the music? Because it calmed him down. It was a temporary. It was a soothing. Because that preaching gets a little uncomfortable sometimes. Amen. But eventually, there's the shout of the sinner in verse number one. But eventually, they give up to God. And in verse number nine, it says, But thou art he that took me out of the womb. 
Thou didst make me hope. This is when they're realizing just how great God is. And even though that they weren't saved, God's been with them every step of the way. What a blessing to say that even though I was not God's, he was mine. Amen. And now that I am God's and he is mine, we have a friendship that's going to last for all eternity. What a blessing. Amen. Point number two, I see the shout of the sinner, but now I see the shout of the saint as well. Well, Ashton, you just said that that's a little weird. You you said that that's bipolar. We shouldn't be like that. We shouldn't, but we are. We shouldn't, but we are. We all have times where, like Peter, we're going to say, God, why, why have you forsaken me? There's going to be a time where you feel like your prayers aren't going past the ceiling. There's going to be a time where that music ain't soothing you no more and that preaching sure ain't helping. You want to know why? Because you're tuning it out. Listen, open up your heart. If you got to get a hammer and a chisel, get the hammer and the chisel and start chiseling, bless God. Soften that heart. Get ready for the preaching because this too is the shout of the saint. But Ashton, I'm saved. Let me go ahead and tell you, to be a saint... Prior to what the Catholic Church believes, you don't have to be dead for a few thousand years. We don't have to take a vote on it. The day that you are saved, you are now a saint of God. Amen. I know we always talk about them old saints of God, but you are a saint of God. What your age has to say about it, I'm not saying from up here. I don't want to get any of you mad at me. But what we do have is the shout of the saint out of the same part where we just read that it was the shout of the sinner. Why is that? We're still flesh. Amen. I hadn't gotten rid of it. But one day, I will, and what a blessed day that will be. But I see that this is the same shout as the sinner, because we still sin. You have a new title, but you're still a sinner. But guess what? Now it's just forgiven. Now it's erased. Now it's blotted out. Now, it vanishes. Isn't that a great magic trick? I've never been one for magic, but I think that's pretty neat. Isn't it amazing that every time that thought pops up in your head, you get so aggravated with yourself. Why would I think that? God says, think what? (laughs) Think what? Every time you get upset, you get a little angry. God, please forgive me. I can't believe that I would have done that. But there will be low times. There will be the times that, once again, you feel like your prayers aren't going past the ceiling. You feel like you're disconnected from your brothers and sisters in Christ. Nine times out of ten, this is what I learned, you're disconnecting yourself. You're disconnecting yourself. Take a step back. Let God get in front of you. Stop trying to lead Him. He knows what He's doing a lot better than what you do. Let Him get ahead of you. And even better, grab His hand. Because one thing that I've learned about old Jasper back there is he can walk pretty good. But every now and then he gets a little ahead of himself and he trips, don't he, Samantha? But he's not going to trip when you're holding his hand. He has that stability, that firm foundation that we as Christians should be built on. Amen. I know that I'm preaching to the choir today. I know that this is something that I might need, but this is what the Lord has laid upon my heart. And I know that this is our loyal Wednesday night crowd. But let me tell you, this is a lot bigger than I've seen some other Wednesday night crowds. It's also a lot smaller than I've seen in some of the mega churches. Count that as a blessing. You know everybody in here. You know their prayer request. There's no cliques in here, no no groups. It's just the saints 
all gathered together on a firm foundation that we've made into a building. Let me go ahead and tell you, just in case you forgot, this isn't the church. You are the church. You are the saints of God. And every now and then you need to let out a shout. Okay? It doesn't matter whether it's an amen or a hallelujah or a glory to God. Or whether it's a God, I need you today. But sometimes you just need to let out a shout. Amen? God hears you 100% of the time. But I guarantee you that He'd look at it with a little bit more oomph if you put some oomph in it on your side. Put a little bit of emphasis. Show God that you need Him. He knows, yes, why do I have to do it? Because I, I can go ahead and tell you, I'm going to use you as an example because y'all are a very young couple. One thing, y'all are married. I don't know why I said young couple. You, you get what I'm saying, right? I'm talking to you right now. Everybody else can just kind of, kind of tune out. But if you never talk to Miss Abby, how do you think that relationship is going to go? He went like this, folks. That because it's, it's not going to be good. Sometimes you're down in this valley because you've tripped up yourself. Talk to God. Listen to God. And when He's not speaking, I guarantee you, if you pray hard enough, He'll just put that hand on your shoulder and let you know that He's there. Because sometimes, Samuel, you're not going to be able to give 100%. But if you're there, they see that. When you're here at church, Nathan, the preacher sees that. Because he's up here. But guess what? So do all these people around you. Be here. Show up. Show out. And let out a shout. Because you are saved. You're in a wonderful church. Everybody in here is wearing warm clothes because I don't see anybody shivering. Everybody got here somehow, so I'm assuming you either have a vehicle or a really nice bike and a house not far away. But this is the shout of the saint. And this may not blow your mind, but what I learned out of this blew my mind. I want us to look at this one more time because it's the shout of the sinner. And it's the shout of the saint. But it's also the shout of the Savior. Ashton, what do you mean? You remember earlier we talked about where it talks. Verse number 16 says, They pierced my hands and my feet. I know that crucifixion was... You know, the worst penalty that they could get. I'm sure that they crucified a lot of people, but I don't know any of them by name. So immediately when I think about a crucifixion, I think of Jesus. I think of my Father, my Savior, whose blood was shed just for me. Just for me. Don't worry about what God's done for me. I'll testify about it all day. You can get some of it. You want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. But look in your own life. Because even when you don't think that God's done anything, verse number 9 says, He took me out the womb. Then verse number 10 says, I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belt. It's handed down. Not because it has to be. But because He wants to be. He wants to have a relationship with you. But this shout of the Savior that I see, I see a man on the cross. And when you look at it scientifically, I saw someone break this down the other day. When you look at it scientifically, it's horrible. Because 
You think about those nails going in his hands. You think about all these nerves running through your body. Just because he was just pierced in his hands and his feet doesn't mean that he just felt it in his hands and his feet. Because if you go back a chapter, he was in a stadium before Pilate. I'm not sure how many people were there. But I know right beside him was a man named Barnabas who should have died where he stood in this nation. But instead, they tried to kill the Savior. But he wasn't done yet. He was hit with that cat of nine tails. Glass, rocks, breaking through his skin. I want you to read verse number 13. I just want to go through that. I really want you all to get the emphasis of this tonight. Because whether you're saved or not, all of it always leads back to Jesus. Verse number 13, it says, They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. I see that as Satan. Because right before Jesus was crucified, right before he was taken into custody, if you will, he was tempted by Satan. Satan wanted him bad. He thought that he had him cornered. You know, it talks about Jesus sweating blood. Did you know that that's a real condition? And the amount of stress that you would have to have for that to happen to you, it's unfathomable. Or is it? Or is it maybe just enough fathomable that we can say and know that it was the weight, the sin of all mankind? Verse number 14 says, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. Immediately, this pouring out of the water, we see the blood. We see the blood that is pouring from his body. I don't know how he has survived up to this point, besides that he is Jesus Christ. He has been tortured. He has been ridiculed. He has been spit on. Now it says he's poured out like water, and all of his bones are out of joint. And if that wasn't bad enough, the way that they were hanging on the cross... It's pressing down on his lungs. I don't remember which one it is, but he couldn't either inhale or exhale. And if he wanted to, he had to push down on that nail that was in his feet. That breath wasn't worth it to feel all that pain. But it was for you. He continued to cry upon his father. But not for mercy on him, but mercy on us. How about it? says, my heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. You ever been so sad that you get a stomach ache? You ever been so worried that you actually worry yourself sick? Imagine what Jesus was feeling. It could mean many things, but when I see this, this heart being like wax, Brother Nathan, I know every now and then I'll hear a message that will melt my heart just right. And it saddens me, but I can't ever say that I've been that sad that it just engulfed me. How he's alive at this point, we don't know, besides that he's Jesus. He's continuing to fight. He's continuing to shout. Let's give a little bit in return and shout for him. Continue on. It says that his strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. That interesting thing about his tongue cleaving to his jaws, he was still able to speak 
until that prisoner that got saved that he was going to join him in paradise. Amen. I, what a day. Don't give me the streets of gold. Don't give me the marriage supper of the Lamb. Just give me Jesus. That's good enough. But what he did is he's going to give us the mansion and the streets of gold. And I can't wait to get to the marriage supper of the Lamb. If you all know Brother McGowan, that's another preacher from my church. He's 91 years old. He's still preaching for the Lord. He's still hollering out for God. He is still shouting out because he's a saint and he has a reason to. And one of his favorite things to say is, I can't wait until I get to the marriage supper of the Lamb. He said, because my wife's biscuits were really good. He said, them old cat head biscuits. He said, and they were especially real good when I socked them in the gravy. And I always just kind of look at him like, Brother McGowan, where are you going with this? But he says, I just, I just imagine that, 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 that that's what we're going to have. He said, we're going to dip that old cat head in that gravy. Now we're going to sop it. He said, we're going to suck it right up. Brother McGowan, if that's what makes you happy, that's awesome. But just give me Jesus. While I'm here, just give me Jesus. When I'm gone, I'll have Jesus. You don't worry about that. But the one thing that I see about the shout of the Savior, I want you all to go back to verse number 30. We know that He's all-knowing, that He's all-powerful. We know that from the time of Adam and Eve, and then this, this absolutely amazes me, from the time of Adam and Eve, he knew that some old boy named Ashton Cook was going to be a preacher. And I don't know why he called me, because I feel like I'm Paul. I'm the chiefest of the sinners. But he did. He chose me. He chose you to sing. He chose you to teach, to, to, to sit on the pews, to worship. You all have a job to do. Ashton, I didn't have a, a godly dad or a godly mother or a grandparents that brought me to church, but I'm here. That's a blessing. Be a new start. But just know, because I used to get so upset, I was like, I don't have that godly heritage. My great-grandfather and great-great-great-grandfather, they weren't all preachers. But my heavenly father is Jesus. And I'm going to take that godly heritage. I'm going to claim my Lord and Savior in private and in public. And in public, that's what a lot of us need to do is proclaim Jesus in public. A lot of the problem that we see today is you're living one way in here and one way out there as soon as you get in the car. Help me now. But verse number 30, it says, A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. Let's keep renewing that generation. Verse number 31, it says, They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, that he hath done this. I can't save you. I can't help you. But I know a God who can. And that is the he that hath done this. The most amazing thing that I found about Psalms 22 is that I was able to look at it and I was able to see a shout of a sinner. Someone that's damned for hell. Someone that doesn't deserve a thing. But then it's turned into the shout of the saint. You still don't deserve a thing. But you're being given heaven. He's blessing you here on earth too. Like I said, just look at it. But as measly and as low as we are, you want to know what else I found in here? The shout of a Savior. A perfect man that should have never died. 
But he did. And just like I said at the beginning, that altar, it's crying out that it's satisfied. Nathan, you know just as I am. Just on, you know just as I am. Perfect. I shouldn't have had to ask, but, you know, it makes me happy to ask. I want you all to come play that. Nathan, I want you to sing it as many verses as, as we need the time for. I want you all to stand. Uh, this